Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Okay, let's talk about the third in our You Are Intuitive series. And this one is called The Clairs. Now, I did an extensive podcast episode 18 on the Claire's. It was called Your Claire's, The Language of Your Soul. And again, that was episode 18. And that was a real thorough dive into Claire's and how they work. And I told stories and then gave examples. And I couldn't, you know, this, this series, You Are Intuitive, it, it's the foundation of all things um, intuitive. This is, this is your intuition. And so this series would be incomplete if I didn't, again, talk about your Claire's. Now, I think that episode 18 was pretty damn good. So there's not a lot I can add. But, um, you know, to keep this, this discussion of your Claire's, C-L-A-I-R-S, um, you know, your clairvoyance, your clairsentience, your Claire. Um, audience, your claircognizance, I do add telepathy. There are other clairs, like there's this clair called clairhambriance. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's your clear smelling. And any of you that have smelled the perfume of your loved ones on the other side, or one time I was working with my mentor, and I was pregnant, and she said, I smell a lot of citrus, and I was eating a lot of like oranges and lemons. <laughs> so I just found that amazing because that was an evidential psychic piece of information there. So we all experience Claire Hombrands. I know, um, you know, you could, you could smell like, um, your aunt's perfume and she's maybe alive. You know, sometimes I smell, I have an aunt that wears this particular perfume since probably it, ever since I was born. I don't know when she started it, but boy, when I smell that, I, I know she's like thinking of me or I need to, th you know, think of her and maybe give her a call or there's often a reason for that Claire of smell. And that's probably the most I'll say about that Claire because um, I don't necessarily teach that, <laughs> but I just wanted to, you know, we, nobody talks about that, Claire, but I, I know that if you just took a moment, you would think of all the times where, again, maybe you're smelling your grandmother or, um, often when I smell the smell of Russian olives, I think of my grandmother. Um, and yes, maybe there's a Russian olive around, so that's why I'm thinking it, but there have been times I was in a location, there were no Russian olives, and I was really getting that smell, so knowing that she was close, um, even as a medium, you know, like, we're, we're just going on with our lives, and we're not sort of always looking for the dead, or always looking for messages, we're just trying to get through our lives, and sometimes they will use that clairhambriance to get us to stop, and pay attention, and listen to whatever message um, that they have for us, so that is a way that they connect to us and get us to to heed the message or to pay attention they do that to mediums they do that to you i promise you you have that medium gift in you as well so um but the other ones today's podcast will be rather short for my standards <laughs> just because i have thoroughly talked about the clairs but for the sake of this series, you know, let's go over a couple. Um, well, we won't go over a couple. We'll go over all of them, but but we'll do it rather quickly, right? So 
clairvoyance, I think, is the one most people think of when they think of psychics, um, probably thanks to that movie, The Sixth Sense. And in my experience, the majority of people do not experience the dead that way. Um, many of us feel them way more than we see them. Many people hear them more than they see them. So though clairvoyantly experiencing, you know, when I say the dead, I am talking, I, I have to include the ghost realm and lower, but also for those of you that are really always seeing the ghost realm, I just want to invite you to, to use the same type of gift, your clairvoyance and try to see the upper realms as well. So because I was raised in a haunted house, I tended to really try to shut down my clairvoyance on, in all aspects because I didn't want to see the stuff that I saw when I was little. So I, I do this with myself. I do this with clients who had the same childhood where there was a haunted house situation. And so you were always uh, trying not to see the sc scary stuff in the house. So even my students that are in their 50s and 60s, they're hesitant to use their clairvoyance for fear of they'll see the stuff they saw when they're little. And I just want to invite you and, and encourage you, if it's appropriate, to use that same clair to see the angelic realm, to see the other side realm, to be able to get comfort from your birth guide. Um, like I said, if I'm talking to my birth guide and I'm afraid, I can't hear her very well because my fear voice is very loud. And so I'll have to have her stand in front of me and shake her head. So I really get confident in what she's trying to tell me to keep me safe and to keep me on the right path. Um, when I am in session with clients, especially if they're new, but no matter what, um, I can hear really well. That's my strongest Claire. And I could feel really well, which would be my second strongest. And I am Claire cognizant, so I can know stuff downloaded. But because of all those other Claire's, I need evidence that whom I'm going to offer the message from looked a certain way that can be validated. There's evidence. You know, if your mother or your grandmother didn't have black straight hair but that's the person I'm seeing in front of me, then I am, I am going to organize them until who I'm seeing matches up evidentially with the message that I'm about to allow to come out of my mouth. <laughs> so clairvoyance is a wonderful, wonderful gift because it is often the way we can ground into evidence so that our other clairs, you know, the feeling and the hearing part can be really grounded in evidential information. And so just really quickly, I'll tell a quick story about, um, I was working with a student and it's the, it was the first, I, I'd been working with her for a long time, but it, I am over the last couple of years, I've started really working with your skills. And let's say, um, I surprised her that day with having somebody in the office for her to read while I sat next to her to help her organize her intuition, her psychic senses. And um, we want to so badly just go immediately to the Claire's we're most comfortable with. 
And so I could tell because she was so nervous that she just really wanted to offer messages. You know, she was very clairsentient, very clairaudient as well. And I just encouraged her, no, slow down and tell me what they look like. So she, she was reading this, this guy had two grandfathers on the other side and because of the nerves and because of the comfort, she just really wanted to offer the message. So what happens is that, um, the one grandpa that looks a certain way would never say the things the other one would say. So what happens is that you're, you're doing a great job reading and you're, you're connecting, but you have the, the messages flip-flopped, which makes us look like we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> so that's the phenomenon of why I really have a hard line with, with bringing in clairvoyant information that can be validated before I listen to messages. Um, like I said, even if I'm working with my own birth guide, uh, there are times where I have her stand in front of me before I listen to her because again, maybe my emotions are high or, you know, there's just different reasons that we can block, um, accurate information. So clairvoyantly, um, and again, I, this is a Claire that has, definitely it is one of the bigger blocked clairs because again we we saw all kinds of stuff when we were little even if you don't remember you could have saw stuff and nobody validated you you were told imaginary friends you know there's all kinds of things that culturally it's different in different cultures but this isn't you know other than perhaps my artist students that are very comfortable visualizing and bringing in visions into this dimension, you know, through painting or through even writing through description through that, um, through sculpture, unless somebody is really comfortable with that, this can be one that can be harder. Um, clairvoyance can come across like you're thinking, like you're just imagining because it feels the same way because it is. And that's where, the exciting thing is when you put your intuition out there in opportunities to have it validated. For me, that was the only way I really knew how clairvoyant I was. Um, I would just feel so dumb and just kind of say what I was seeing and, and feel like it, it was just completely willy nilly. But over time, people validated that. And so I see that with my, my students is that I'm there to validate the images that they see. And one of my gals, even recently, she'd been, she'd been working with me for about a year. And when I put her on my grandma's property, 1980, I mean, she saw the dirt road and the, the tall grass, and she just described this land to a T. And of course, she's never, ever seen it. Um, so she just thinks she's making stuff up. <laughs> she's describing the dirt road and as she's describing the grass, it's like, that is evidential clairvoyant information. Congratulations. And the real triumph for her is that she's so claircognizant. Her, that's her strongest clair. So she, when you're claircognizant, you typically download so fast, you have no idea where that came from. And you think you're thinking it, but clairvoyance is it's so much faster than our thinking minds. So when we can, when I can get you guys to slow down and use other clairs to just get some control and to make it more real for you, um, her having that clairvoyant experience of going to my grandma's land and 
seeing these images made that real for her. Where I have no doubt if I just said, just go and do what you do, she probably would have known all these things, but she wouldn't have got to slow it down and experience it through her clairvoyance. So I know I've talked about it in episode 18, but clairvoyance, we can, we can have images of the future. We can remote view the past. We can see all different dimensions of, um, you know, like I said, the ghost realm lower, the angelic realm higher. Um, I, I, I really didn't actually see an actual angel until I was about six months into my, um, well, truly profession. I was beginning to be a working medium and beginning to work with the public and my natural instinct was to scan for danger. So I was not often looking for the protection part. (laughs) So about six months of really being open to and, and really focused on recovering and healing my clairvoyance, I was the first time I actually saw an angel an angelic being with my clairvoyance standing right behind my husband and in front of me. So it started off with, I could sense this tall being in the corner. I had just had my son and there were like sparkles on the wall. And when you don't know what's happening, whether it's sparkles or dark stuff, it's all just scary because you don't know what's there. Um, So that was sort of my instinct, you know, all those years ago was like, I see sparkles and it's just kind of freaking me out. So about three months of that, um, they were, it was, I would start to see the shape actually move and shift. And I had a sense, you know, that's clairsentient, a sense that it was protective and protecting us. And, um, about four months into it, I, my, I was talking to my husband and just behind him, was a much taller being that I was able to actually see with my eyes. Yes, but it was my clairvoyant eyes of an angel standing behind him. And so that's an important story because I, um, I tried so hard to understand this stuff as a, when I was young and, you know, I moved to New York city and I moved to Seattle and I tried to get help and, I went to an angel class in New York City. I was probably 20 years old. And, you know, there are a lot of people. There are like 30, 40 people in that little class. And the guy says, close your eyes, get your angel's name, and say la vie. Of course, that didn't happen like that for me. <laughs> so a lot of my exploration only confirmed that I had no talent. And it was just super out of my control and willy-nilly. And I would never be able to understand it. And I told myself, of course, I didn't have the gift because I didn't know what, you know, if I can't just close my eyes or hear, uh, you know, get the name, then clearly I have no talent. So I want to, you know, my work is so much about there are reasons you can't just have a clairvoyant experience, even though you may be extremely clairvoyant. Um, It could be filed incorrectly like we talked about last time Um, you can have a misunderstanding of what that means I told the story about a student telling me about a new guide and I sensed the guide out in front of her and so I said oh tell me about her you know what does she look like and my client closed her eyes and I'm like honey she's not inside your head she's standing outside of you so we don't look with our eyes but we keep our eyes open and sense out with that clairvoyance okay there's there is there's a process to it. 
And the more we understand the process, the more control we have over the experience of using it um, in real time, which of course is the goal, is to be able to use those clairs when we want to, need to. So that's clairvoyance. The next one is clairaudience. Now, before we continue on to that one, I just want to say, you know, we have these five senses, you know, hearing and taste and touch and smell and sight. Um, we have these senses and those are our physical senses to help us navigate the physical realm, the third dimension. And our clair, our clairs are the psychic senses that help us connect to our spiritual selves. So we have the mechanisms in our spirit bodies to receive the clairs because that's where they're located. So a lot of people want to talk about the pituitary and you know, all these physical places, but you're, you have, uh, I just won't, I, I, will, I really ground my work and just no BS, just your clairvoyance is your psychic sense your ability to see images in your mind spiritually, psychically. So we're not using the physical eyes to see, but our intention is to see nonetheless, and we're seeing images. Okay. So <laughs> I feel like I want to carry on about that, but I, I think you guys get it. So I'm going to move on to the next one. So Claire audience. Um, so this is Claire hearing and very, very important to know if you're a medium, if you're clairaudient, otherwise you have voices in your head, <laughs> which is, you know, very uh, no-no in our modern society. So um, clairaudience, voices can sound like thinking. So you can feel like you hear dialogue all day if you don't understand that there are you know, again, we're going down the ghost realm, we're going up, people on the other side. Um, it, you know, if you're, I'm sorry, I say, you know, a lot, I've, I'm beginning to understand that where I come from, people say, you know, all the time. So I'm trying to catch myself on saying, you know, you know, you know, because it is annoying. <laughs> Nonetheless, I will say it several more times before this podcast is up, I'm sure. So Claire audience to slow it down, which is the way to get control around it. My first way to encourage you to slow Claire audience down is to sense out with your Claire sentient to feel if there is another being standing next to you. So yes, it can be lower, lower level ghost and down, or it can be higher level guides, or heaven, you know, your loved ones on the other side, or somebody else's loved ones that's trying to get you to talk. If you're a medium, and especially if you're a medium, and you don't understand that completely, you must understand it if you're a medium. So we want to sense out clairsentient, we want to feel out that's how I was like, Oh, wait, that feels like somebody's standing right here, you know, three feet away from me. And from there, I would use my clairvoyance to go, Oh, my gosh, there is somebody I you know, I see the hat or I see the old coat or um, this one took me a long time, consciously. And this was my own work, you know, I had mentorship, but she sort of just kind of told me what I was. And I just kind of had to figure out how to do it which was actually actually very helpful at the time because I didn't even have that. So 
I'm, I'm in mentorship and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm on my own other than like once a month for mentorship. So I'm, I'm trying to understand who I am and how I do psychic information because I'm, I'm getting my ass kicked by it all the time. So I'm at the gym and I heard a voice say, my son is dead. Give him a message for me. And that sounded like my own thinking voice. So I just decided to sense out. It was probably more of an instinct too. I sensed out and then I realized there was a guy standing there, a guy ghost standing there. He didn't feel crossed over, which is a whole other texture that just takes practice to understand. And I sensed him standing there and then I looked clairvoyantly and I could see his, again, his hat and his coat and and so from that point of view, so I heard him first, I was able to say, I'm so sorry. I, you know, uh, you know, cause actually when I heard that, I'm, my son is dead, give him a message. It's like my thinking voice was like, well, my two year old, uh, um, one year old, two year old is actually in the daycare right there. So the thought, you know, it came across as a thought as Claire audience does. And it made no logical sense. So I'm sure if you were to really take the time and really watch your thoughts, you would, this is how we begin to see, like, I think things that make no logical sense. Why would I be thinking that even? And with time, you know, that's kind of the breakdown is like, I, I had a thought, which I didn't realize was a voice outside me, but I've had a thought and then I, okay, I'm going to scan out clairsentient. And then I saw a clairvoyance. And then from there I was able to go, you know, I'm sorry, I can't help you, sir. Um, and that's the other thing. If you're a medium, you are not destined for the rest of your life to help every single soul you come across. You are not destined to have to give a reading to every single person that's even crossed over. Um, you see, hear, know, feel because you're wired like that. Humans are wired like that. It's just that <laughs> it's out of our cultural training, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're healing this part of being human. Um, you have total control, uh, over how, when, and you know, how, and when you use your gift. And I, I think that's such an important message for, the sensitives that really feel like they don't have a choice and they have to do what everybody, let alone every ghost or crossed over being bosses them around. That's not, that's not a prayer for anyone. So, but you are affected by it nonetheless. So I was hearing voices. These beings were talking to me, whether I knew it or not, whether I accepted it or not. So to heal, we just want to, okay, this is, they're, they're just natural part of our landscape. They're just, you know, you leave the house and, and they're there and, and they should be there. It's a, it's a natural part of this dimension, this reality. And so whatever, whatever is there, we deal with it. You know, how that's a whole other thing. I won't go off on that, but okay. Claire audience. So Claire audience can sound your, like your thinking voice. Claire audience you, you can use your other clairs to give it more texture, i.e. is somebody standing next to me and what do they look like? And then from there, I would often listen to the message again. And then I know how I want to deal with that. Claire audience is such an incredible thing. I think a lot of musicians hear stuff and they write it down. A lot of people writing dialogue here. 
hear voices. They can hear it clairaudiently and then they write it down. So they know, you know, whether they're writing a movie or a play, they're, they're getting this information through clairaudience. And the wonderful thing about it in my profession is that I can give messages from your loved ones that can be evidential and or predictive. And when I'm coaching and mentoring, I can hear your guide really good. So I can listen, give the message, and then ask follow-up questions and get more information if we need to. So that clear audience is connected to our art. It's connected to information. Uh, it is connected to loved ones on the other side and messages and, and it's connected to guidance. It is connected to everything, but these are the really exciting ways that understanding our Claire audience and having some slowdown and some control around it. So it, it just makes it so real for us. Oh, it's an incredible, incredible Claire. Okay. Let's talk about Claire, Claire sentience rather. So clear feeling. Um, empathic, the empaths, uh, this is, um, this is what makes us really good humans. And, and sometimes it's the burden of our lives. <laughs> you know, we could walk into the room and everybody's feelings now feels like our business, our problem, and it can take some training to make it not so and still be empath empathic, um, I could talk on and on about this, but I think I did pretty good in episode 18. So I just, I'll, I'll say quickly, clairsentience is clear feeling. And how that looks for me day to day is that's how I really check on my children, make sure that even though they're smiling and like they're, they're still feeling okay and that they're doing okay emotionally. And when I'm with a client, I can feel my client. So I know how to navigate the dead with them, you know, common, common thing is mothers and daughters. So even though the mother's crossed over, the daughter still does not want to be bossed, bossed, <laughs> bossed around by that. So I can feel when my client is bracing or I can feel when there's like, I need to, I need to sort of intervene and to maybe listen before I offer the message, you know, and work with the birth guide. Not to come confuse you, but um, that clairsentience helps me know how to say stuff to my client, when to protect and when to really let things go. Because uh, I feel responsible for my client and my clairsentient helps me stay very connected to how they're feeling. And if we've just talked about something that does trigger, I can go there because I'm, I'm in tune with how that's making you feel. Um, there are some people, uh, not to get super complex, but there are, let's just say I have a lot of angels in my life and they are not very clairsentient. And I, I, I'm to be blunt. I'm really jealous of them. <laughs> to be silly, I'm, you know, uh, I'm just envious that they can be a room, they can be in a room, they could be right next to you, you could be hurting emotionally, and they don't typically tune into that. <laughs> so I envy that they're able to do that because they mind their business, they stay in their lane, you know, all these cliches we could say, but there's a real beauty to that. And it took me a really long time. My daughter is wired like that. And so when I was like, what's, what's this different thing? Or she's, oh, she, you know, she opens my heart to study it rather than to judge it. 
So you know, my daughter, you know, there's a, there's not a lot of clairsentient there. And yet she is also more sensitive in different ways than I'll ever be. So we just want to really honor that there are people that are probably in your lives that don't feel very em empathetic or empathic or very tuned into your emotional state. And I would just stay, I would say it's probably because they're not very clairsentient. And in other ways, that's a really good thing for them. So yeah, I, I think in, we go ahead and we teach them to be more empathic, more empathetic. I think that's why they're in this dimension to learn that and to feel that because there aren't other dimensions to do that in. But also they're here to also teach us to be less empathetic, <laughs> you know, kind of have some boundaries around our business. Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's your fault or your problem. And as em empaths, that's a really important lesson. It's such a important lesson for us to learn so that we can live our lives and achieve our goals and be here for the things we've come to do without getting completely washed out in everyone else's emotions. I'm going to tell just a really quick story. So I was feeling frustrated with my husband, who is an angel being, and I, I was, you know, I'm walking the dogs and I'm having this talk with my guides about, you know, maybe it's time for a divorce, like this prayer, like I really wish I could be married to somebody more empathetic, um, empathetic, <laughs> have some empathy, like could really tune into my emotions, therefore be there to support me. And my guide really sharply said, if, if he was more emotional, you would be washed away. <laughs> Meaning what would happen is I would be overcome by his emotions because I can hardly handle my own, my kids, my clients. You know, I have a lot of emotions on my plate and he doesn't, he, he particularly, my husband does not cause me a lot of emotional trauma because he's rarely in that state himself. So <laughs> I love that directness where I'm just having these fantasies and oh, maybe I need somebody more empathetic. And she's just so sh sharply said he would be washed away. <laughs> so a little uh, clairsentient joke there. Um, okay. Let's talk about the last one claircognizance. So to try to describe that is very hard. Thankfully, we have the language of computers, i.e. downloads, 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 downloads. So 40% uh, of my students are super claircognizant. And to try to get them to slow down by using other clairs is impossible. <laughs> sometimes, just kidding. It's, it is difficult for them to try to to lean on slower clairs because, oh my God, I'm so sorry. There is, you know, we use clairs that we're comfortable with and who wouldn't be comfortable with a really fast download? Um, these are people you go to coffee with and they just kind of have an answer for everything. Or, you know, you're with a friend and you're doing lunch with this friend because this friend always seems to say the right thing. I mean, these are things, this is claircognizant in, in action. 
uh, going the right direction. It's kind of like you're going to drive across town and you just knew there would be this uh, road construction. So you actually went around it. When we're really in tune and flowing with that claircognizant, we are just being guided in every single moment. So it, it's addictive and logically people don't want to slow it down. But to have a sense of control around your intuition and your claircognizance to really validate you and really feel it out and ground it into something more than a quick download is to use those other clairs. So we love claircognizance when we're traveling and driving and, you know, a guy walking down the street, does he feel good? Does he feel scary? We're not looking for visual cues. We're looking, how do I feel? What's the download? And we just have that knowing about people. Um, Sometimes we can lean on the claircognizance because maybe we downloaded a part of somebody that's not their best part and we didn't take the time to look at, you know, look at the bigger picture in people. So that's kind of where our claircognizance can be a downfall. We downloaded, eh, this guy's a jerk or eh, this person's selfish or eh, but we're not, oh, but they're funny or they're generous in other ways or so claircognizance, really fast information. Um... You might be told you're a know-it-all or, you know, maybe somebody makes a joke that you always have an answer for everything or you're smart ass or, so those are kind of, if, if you've been told those things in life, those are, those are kind of cues that you have a lot of claircognizance. Uh, I love claircognizant people cause they do kind of have an opinion over everything. And I love that. I love people with opinions. Um, I do love people that think they know it all because they're participating in the active conversation. <laughs> so uh, claircognizance with wonderful intelligence is just an incredible combination. Claircognizance with not real good intelligence can be really destructive. So it's, you know, we call it a download because again, you're, you're maybe looking at a text and you can just kind of know what the backstory is behind the text or you just kind of know that you need to, whatever. It, it's it's all grounded in just real life stuff. What doctor, what dentist, pick your kid up now, pick him up later. Is your kid okay? Is Are they not okay? Do I need to just like go somewhere? I just kind of, I need. I know I need to start driving now. And then you get the call when you're halfway there. Hey, you know, something's going on. You need to get here. So I just want to, I guess before I let go of the Claire cognizance and to not make this a really long podcast um Claire cognizance I just my final note on that is to be willing to learn to slow it down through using those other Claire's that just fills out the picture for you it makes things more real like I said if I have a student that's very incredibly talented with her Claire cognizance um she would have missed out on the experience of remote viewing you know, clairvoyantly remote viewing my grandma's property. And through the act of remote viewing, I, I just had about 20, 25 minutes of validation for her. And it's just so exciting because she just had no idea she could do this. Um, you know, if it's a property, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg of what her clairvoyance can do and has done for her. So to categorize it appropriately under that clairvoyance, to know what that feels like when you are being clairvoyant, um, it's sort of backing that up, gives you an idea of how claircognizance works for you. And when it can, 
you're aware you're even being claircognizant, that's when you have the control around it. That's the exciting part where you feel like you can use it when you want to and you're trusting it and you're going with it and you don't need a lot of bells and whistles to to validate that claircognizant. So we're never getting rid of claircognizance. We're embracing it. We're just really filling out the texture and the picture by using those other clairs. And that gives you a way for you to even know you're being claircognizant in the first place. So, okay. So this was the third part in our, your intuitive series. And we just have, I think like nine more. There's just so much foundational work to, to really dig in and understand that incredible intuition of yours. So I'm excited to talk to you in the next one. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, which Claire are you? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.